We could do a show. Are we just going to do this? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to do okay. this. Go ahead and take your speed up. Your number one now. Runway 27, third land, green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to The Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. The Green Dot, sponsored by GE Aviation. My name is Hal Bryan. I'm one of your hosts on The Green Dot. I'm senior editor at EAA for print and digital content and publications. On my left, it's... I'm Chris Henry. I'm the EA Museum Programs Coordinator. And 24 inches away across the table... <laughs> Tom Charpentier, Government Relations Director. All right, guys. We've got uh, a couple of guests here for a special AirVenture recap episode. Uh, first, uh, returning uh, to join us again, it's Dennis Dunbar, the Director of Flight Operations at EAA. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, thanks for having me back. And uh, down at the... Uh, the end, or maybe the head of the table, it's hard to say, Kyle Ludwig, the uh, manager of partnerships and, what is it, what does that say? Manager of partnerships and what? And development. And development. I couldn't read my own writing. There you go. I <laughs> Thanks know you. for having me. We're yeah. friends. I know what you, I just, job titles, they're Glad hard. To sit at the end Ask of the table Tom. with you. <laughs> so it's good to have you here, Kyle. So let's, uh, who wants to go first? Let's talk about what uh, what our air ventures were like. Blur. Okay, Dennis, this was a blur. All right, well, thanks for coming, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Tom, tell us about your air venture. Um, well, it was, uh, I saw a lot of the inside of a conference room, because uh, that's, uh, that's a big part of the job during air venture is policy meetings with the FAA and various topics. And I'm uh, very happy to say I think we made a lot of progress during the week. Um, we, were, we all walked away pretty happy. Um, and then the week kind of revolved around the administrator's visit. So this was uh, acting administrator Dan Elwell's first time here as administrator. He's been here five times before. Um, and it was it was a really good visit. He's a, he's a real EAA kind of guy. Um, he was introduced to aviation through what you would have called a Young Eagles flight, except Young Eagles didn't exist when he had his Young Eagles flight with a yeah. teacher of his um, in a Cessna yeah. 150. So uh, that really kind of sparked his interest in aviation. He went on to be a military and commercial pilot. Uh, and I think it was just, a, it was a, his visit was a real um, uh, kind of, uh, it was it was a real demonstration of what AirVenture can do as kind of a, an advocacy tool. All of aviation is on display during AirVenture, and uh, and we were able to show him so much while he was here just during those two days. Um, we wanted to show him some technology uh, that's available in experimental aircraft. It's a little bit harder to get into uh, type certificated aircraft, so we put him in a very well-equipped RV-6. We showed him how all of that worked. Then we put him in our kind of older Cessna 172 and showed him uh, basically uh, what a typical GA aircraft looks like. We took him to the one-week wonder tent, um, and he pulled a rivet on the RV-12 while a formation of RVs flew overhead. It was really well-timed. <laughs> Meant to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well done, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, very well done, Dennis. Uh, it, you know, basically just showed him, uh, you know, the real heart and soul of the home-built movement um, and everything else in general aviation. So it was really great. Um, well, does definitely seems like you know for for an F, for a Fed he really kind of gets it, uh, you know, and, and we're we certainly don't endorse uh, candidates for administrator, but uh, you know if it does wind up being him, uh, I think we can we can uh, work with him and do great things. Excellent, that's great. Hey, Chris, how about you? What was uh, what was your main role during your adventure? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's, it is a. Um, I believe Dennis said it was a blur. I think that's fair. I um uh, did a little bit of everything like everybody does here during your adventure. Um. One of the big things I did was, uh, you know, help get some people around uh, to the theater in the woods and uh, flying theater venues. Yeah. Um, you know, getting 
them from out of state here to Oshkosh can be a little bit of a challenge getting uh, down to Milwaukee or Green Bay airports or Appleton. Um, so it was pretty cool. I got to spend some time with Olga and uh, Olga Custodio and um, um, Air America director and, and uh, or, or producer of the film and uh, the KC-135 crew uh, who uh, went out there and saved an F-4, which was pretty right. cool. It was our uh, uh, guests on our live podcast yeah, during yeah. our adventure, which was The coolest thing that I personally saw, I think, was the KC-135 guys went out first at Theater in the Woods, and um, backstage was like, I mean, there was like a general, there was a modern-day KC-135 crew, or, or KC-10 crew, I believe, and when they started telling the story of what they did to save the F-4, like you could see like everybody's eyes back there. And these were skilled Air Force aviators that are, are back there and just going, holy cow. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they're hearing what those guys talked about. So and then, of course, uh, you know, World War One uh, got to hang out in the World War One area and, um, you know, see some of those aircraft, which it's amazing when you see those airplanes, you realize that they were taking those up to like 18,000 feet and dogfighting with them up there. Uh, it's incredible. So, um I, and the other cool thing I saw was a guy who uh, has been coming Air Venture for a while, and said next year I think I'm going to start volunteering, and he's 102. Um, so. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my Air Venture in a nutshell. So. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Do your listeners know about Chris and how he just makes phone calls and things <laughs> occur? <laughs> well, I'll be sitting around the table coming up with ideas and say, yeah, well, does anybody know? Mark Harmon, for example. <laughs> and Chris just gets on the phone. Just it, makes phone calls. It just, yeah, just, you know, never hurts. The worst they can do is say no. So you just give them a call. Yeah. And- One of the highlights of the week for me, and I know Kyle's involved in that too. Um, why don't you tell about what we do at Make-A-Wish, Kyle? Yeah, so part of my role here is, is managing um, some of the different government and federal agencies that, that attend the show. And Customs and Border Patrol always plays a big role, uh, as does the rest of the agencies in the federal pavilion, um, in taking a group of Make-A-Wish kids and their families for a ride. This year it was in a Blackhawk, and Dennis played a role in that. Uh, and all the kids come away with, with multiple airplane rides, but I think the, the highlight of their their day, probably, I would hope, and the CBP hopes, is that uh, getting a ride in a, a current military aircraft, be it a Blackhawk, uh, is quite a big deal. That is really cool. Although Scooter will argue that, that the highlight is getting in his Mustang. But, so, <laughs> yeah. you know. Do they get a ride or they just no, get to sit in the Mustang? No, they just still, get to do some yeah. cockpit that's, familiarization in the Mustang. That's pretty But cool. everybody gets excited about helping these folks out. And, um, you know, nobody who does this is looking for any credit or anything it's just but it's but it's pretty awesome that's a very cool thing and it it doesn't get a lot of light shined on it and uh that's by design yeah and that's understandable well that's excellent so kyle uh, you told us a little bit tell us more about uh, your your week yeah i mean it was my first air venture on staff right uh but how many for you total 22nd so 22nd air venture uh first on staff i mean it was crazy seeing you know for 20 plus years thinking what air venture is you know kind of as an outsider looking looking um you know to what you guys do to what we do now on the staff uh and then putting it all together as part of the features and attractions team and managing the federal pavilion that sort of thing uh it's very cool to see all the moving pieces come together you know over the year but really the the few months in the summer that we that we bring it all together it was super cool um, i think like a lot of people my favorite part of the week was seeing the turban wilga down at twilight fly fest <laughs> which is probably you know one of our one of our um 
really cool bows in the quiver now, right? As far as the shows go, uh, the, the Twilight Fly Fest is, which really represents everything that EA is. You've got experimental airplanes down there. You've got folks, you know, with their models. You've got folks with power pair uh, gliders, and, and it really is all-encompassing on what we do all year long uh, in one little show, uh, which Dennis puts together, and it's very cool. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, obviously, the numbers showed for it, but, but totally different being on this side of the table. Excellent. So, Dennis, uh, besides a blur, can you tell us about how your week went? I think our listeners would rather hear about what went wrong during <laughs> went the wrong? week of air venture seems you know, to be at least the feedback we get there was an interesting theme this year in that uh um we know this every year going into it that that uh, there's an old cliche you know no battle plan survives first yeah. contact with the enemy no you know no air venture plan survives sunday afternoon basically and uh there was all this is one of the best years in recent memory and yet there was all kinds of things that we'd planned that, that didn't go as planned. Well, right? So yeah, that's, as far that's as, what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, we had weather Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning that delayed all the arrivals. So everybody came at once. Um, that's probably the topic of a whole other green dot down the road. Yeah. Um, every year we get together and debrief those things. Um, finite amount of space and time. And uh, we're working. We we put some things together last year. We had a some the two years ago we had a similar case with uh, weather leading up to the event, and we took some steps with the FAA to initiate some flow control like processes. And if you can imagine, um, we had 300 airplanes holding on the ground that uh, did not launch to come on Sunday evening when it was absolute chaos in the skies. So. Wow. So we, um, you know, we're looking at how we can do that better. But ultimately, I think, uh, so we don't have to turn aircraft away. As you know, Jack, our chairman and CEO, is um, put a three-year goal on us to um, not turn any aircraft away. And uh, we're, we made good progress this year. And I can't believe how many folks want to know why the B-1 didn't show up at 7 a.m., so let's talk about that. Yeah, we teased that a bit. We said, you know, expect an exciting wake-up call at 7 o'clock the next morning. And then I think what they got was a yodeler. And people thought that was kind of a cruel joke. So, when what really was supposed to be a B-1, an afterburner, tearing over the campground. So I tell you what, so much coordination went into this. Um, we're, we had a B-1 scheduled flying the Wednesday night show and, and Saturday during the show. And the my understanding is the wing commander there at Dias rightfully so said hey we're gonna have troops come in on two weekends to launch aircraft to support the same air show either pick a day or don't launch until monday to go to oshkosh but if you launch monday we they ended up for various reasons having to come really early so i was like 7 a.m monday or we only get one day of flying the b1 let's take 7 a.m on monday so we owned it right um a lot of coordination went into effect. The B-1 pilot texted me at 4 o'clock in the morning, green jet, excited, ready to rock. And then I get a text, nobody's in the control tower. They couldn't <laughs> launch from Dias. So they're scrambling, and I know that the coordination had been made. Um, scrambling to get somebody up in the control tower. They launch, and um, they're about an hour late. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to rock the grounds as much as we wanted, but they still showed up, and it was pretty awesome. On Wednesday night, I'll just talk about the B-1 because it seems sure. like a lot of emails about the B-1. Yeah. 
on Wednesday night, um, as you know, we had the weather hit, and we, for safety's sake, we just had to cancel the show for Wednesday, which we ultimately moved over to Thursday night. But the um, B1 had to get back home, and um, we had to launch it regardless of night show or not. And we can't, people are like, why didn't you tell us that the B1 was launching? Well, we made a decision to get people back to their cars, back to their right. shelter. Uh, for those purposes, the last thing we want to do is tell people, hey, we're going to launch a B1 and yeah. we're going to blow up some pyro right. that we have to use. Excuse us, while you're evacuating, you might want to turn yeah. around and look behind you. <laughs> Nothing to see Seek here. shelter, but still, this is going to be awesome. But what we were <laughs> able to, to do send. was a combat departure. So everyone on the grounds, in fact, everyone probably in Oshkosh and Fond du Lac, <laughs> Appleton and- <laughs> could see the B-1 as it spiraled up uh, for what it's called a combat departure. It was like two minutes and 32 seconds of afterburner as it spiraled to altitude. In combat, it would actually do that much quicker and get out of here much, but he was trying to get some circles in before he went in the IMC. So that was pretty neat, uh, pretty awesome. The B-1 folks... Uh, everybody at Air Force Reserve Command, Global Strike, the folks at Dias were absolutely awesome. Um, on Saturday, the B-1, because I get a lot of feedback questions about this. <laughs> everybody loves the bone. Um, on Saturday, the B-1, uh, we had a green jet, and then it took off, had a problem, had to dump fuel, return to land. They hopped in a spare jet. I'm getting updates at this point before they'd even landed. Um, they said I'm going to be 135 minutes late, no, 105 minutes late. And I said, well, if you're 135 minutes late, you can start the night show on Saturday. And they're like, roger that. So, cause they were going to come between the day and the night show. So they land, they swap jets, get green jet text. Everything's good. Goes to taxi. Oh, and then there was... Uh oh, we're not going to be able to do the night show because the tower will be closed when we get back. I'm like, wait a second, the tower kind of, you know, so they got that worked out. The tower's <laughs> going to stay open. They're ready to launch and they had another problem with the jet. So that's why no B1 on Saturday, if everybody wants to know. But something that, uh, that you planned that very few people knew about that actually did work, like <laughs> clockwork, the, uh, the Blue Angels. How'd that happen? Well, the Blue Angels are always like clockwork. So that's, that was great. The, um, um, yeah, that was a year of planning there, and uh, at the Navy's request, they wanted to keep it uh, secret because there was a lot of moving parts to make it happen. Sure. And, uh, you know, we had to get a tanker. One of my old flight instructors, Billy Worth, out of Grissom, I was like, hey, buddy, I need a tanker. Got to meet the Blue Angels <laughs> over Tennessee. You're coordinating the tanker? Uh, yeah. So you're basically living the plot of Iron Eagle at this point? You're there just plugged into this saying, I need a tanker over here. This is the bluebird. Yeah, tell me you laid it out with pepperoni and like some prosciutto that's on a, a table. That's what's left that's of my, my lunch. lunch. Yeah, that's what's yeah. left of my lunch. Um, that is amazing. So for those that don't know, uh, that weren't here, we had a we opened the air show that was Wednesday. Yes. The, the afternoon air show Wednesday with a surprise sneak pass and a couple formation flybys by the Blue Angels. And what blows my mind about this and I, I knew it was coming i was still utterly blown away to think about how many other places do you work where the blue angels sort of ask you hey do you mind if we fly by okay sure that would be great we would love to have well, you guys not only ask but the blues had to go through a lot of work to do that. that's very non-standard back in the day the teams used to 
blow smoke on each other. If, for example, I was doing a show at the Kennedy Space Center, the Thunderbirds were there, the Blue Angels were in Jacksonville on their way to Pensacola, not really on the way, but yeah. <laughs> they deviated down to Kennedy Space Center to blow smoke on the Thunderbirds on their way. Right. They've done those things in the past. They don't really get to do that anymore. Uh, but to come kind of do what they did um, in today's world was was pretty awesome of the team to go through all of that. So when their boss, Popeye, and and Feedback, who, who's been on the green dot before, yeah. I mean, they – they understand EAA and they appreciate our our members and and they had a blast here last year. Those that were here, you know, the team rotates. But um, so feedback, probably anybody else would have stopped a long time ago. They had to get this approved all the way through the Airbus, come do this flyover, and uh, the Navy's Airbus, and um, they, it happened. So it was pretty awesome that it all worked out. The uh, the national anthem singer Rob Ryder yeah. is an honorary Blue Angel. He didn't even know it was coming. So. Yeah, the guys in the announcer stand didn't know at all, right? <laughs> no, nobody on the mics knew. I told well, knew I told Rob Ryder. So when the Blues arrived last year, they um, they did a flyover on the anthem. And I just told Rob, I was like, "Look, I can't tell you what's happening, but if you treat it like you did with the Blue Angels last year, you'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, I didn't lie. That's true. Yes. <laughs> surprise, so, surprise. I actually had a little kid uh, standing next to me, and I had my back to where they were coming from, and this kid's like, wow, the Blue Angels are going to be here. And I'm like, nah, buddy, that was last year. Yeah. And he's like, they're right there. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, never mind. And he's looking at me like, are you on staff here or something? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so my, my wife and my oldest son were walking down Celebration, and I don't think I even told – her and um there was a there was a gentleman and his son in front of them and his son had one of the blue angel shirts that we sold last year and when he saw the blue angels he apparently like literally climbed up his dad in excitement <laughs> and was on his head going the blue angels so it was pretty oh, that's, that's pretty really cool, cool. Um, yeah, I think everybody was blown away by it. There were two or three people who complained and said, why did you tell me they were going to be here performing? And, you know, we would have been ready with our cameras and everything else, but it wasn't a performance. Well, we did it tell was, people you want to be outside yep, at 2.30 outside on Wednesday. It's going to be pretty awesome. I told a few people to uh, to look east or, or west when everybody else is looking east. <laughs> and that was it. Man, I gotta, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was great. And then uh, the tanker, if you looked, you could have seen it overhead. They actually got some really cool photos of the blues coming. Through. Oh, cool. And uh, Billy then drug them out over, um, filled them up again over Minnesota before the blues went on to Fargo. Okay. And then they got Doug Master's dad. Yeah. Out of prison. <laughs> yeah. The Hades bomb. bomb. <laughs> the Hades <laughs> bomb, exactly. Uh, wrong <laughs> branch, but great. I, I love it. Anytime <laughs> we can tie Iron Eagle in. So. I just have to tell you, Dennis, um, right my, my story with that flyover was that um, I was with the FA administrator and most of his senior staff at the Textron booth. Um, they were inside being shown some stuff in there, and the entire tent just emptied out in the middle. So that, that completely interrupted that. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever the, tech, the higher-ups at Textron were doing with the administrator, that was... Uh, yeah. I did ask, actually... Um, I did ask someone in your office where your VIPs were going to be at 2.30. So. They went right over. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all according to, uh, all according to plan. Yeah. So, uh, so, Kyle, 
Um, you owned Theater in the Woods uh, this year, so that was a new thing, new thing for you. And I, um, I took on a, a slightly bigger role at uh, at Flying Theater. So we had kind of parallel, you know, parallel work going on, but didn't see each other at all because you had your venue, I had mine. Um, any particular like singular standout at, at uh, Theater in the Woods that really, really got you excited? I mean, I think that the the one night that really stands out to me was Women Venture Night. So Wednesday evening uh, between um, the day air show and what was to be the night air show, uh, we had over a sellout crowd. There were folks standing around the edges. Uh, everybody was on there on their feet and uh, excited to have, you know, not only Olga Custodio um, emceeing the event, but Captain Tammy Jo Schultz uh, from the Southwest Incident Flight earlier this year. Heather Penny, uh, our newly elected board member, uh, was on stage as well, the F-16 pilot from 9-11 that was to intercept a couple airplanes uh, on that day. KC-10 crew, one of Dennis's old students, uh, Captain Jess Hodson, uh, brought a KC-10 in, the day before, but then that morning brought a UPS MD-11 in. I don't know if we've ever had that before. Uh, two uh, airplanes anyone. on the plaza flown he, in by he, the same person? Yeah. I mean, that's a big Especially deal. Especially big iron I don't like know that. If, but, yeah, big iron like that, yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool. I mean, folks can bring that two airplanes, but yeah. two tri-engine yeah. uh, jets, that's, that's rare today. woman has brought two three-engine jets to AirVenture to park on the plaza. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a safe, yeah. uh, a safe record right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wonder, though, you know, these are things we never catch up on, but in one of the phone calls with UPS, they said she could wear her Air Force flight suit while flying the UPS MD-11 in. Was she in her flight suit when oh, she did know. that? Because it was part of the Citizen Airmen yeah. thing as our Air Force Reserve Command celebration, the 70th anniversary AFRC. Wow. Um, so... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who she was. I'm sure we have a photo of it. Go out there, look at the Flickr gallery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll have to dig into the photos. <laughs> Twelve and a half million people looked at the Flickr gallery. I'm yeah. sure one can tell. Sure, us. yeah, one of them out there. Uh, what she was wearing. Yeah. yeah, that's that what is. I thought was kind of cool, tying in the yeah. whole citizen airman thing to yeah. that. So. And that that night, uh, and later in the week. Um, we unveiled a Citizen Airman video for the Air Force Reserve Command. So Citizen Airman was unveiled, eight-minute-long short documentary on Jess flying for UPS and in the KC-10 out of uh, Travis Air Force Base out there in California, and it's cool in itself. If you haven't taken a look at that, everybody should, should go on the, the web and take a look at that. I have posters of her. It's great. I'm going to Terre Haute this weekend for their air show. I am going to put those posters in places where they will be found. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, uh, Chris, um, you talked about uh, some of the people you got to shuttle around. Um, anybody else coming to mind immediately that uh, really resonates with you? I know you were um, you were a huge help in uh, getting people over to my venue, the Fly-In Theater, a couple of times. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I had some pretty cool people. I mean, the, the tanker crew was something that was cool because it was something we worked on for so long. Uh, so it's always neat to see that actually start to come together and, you know, one by one, the crew members showed up. Uh, you know, they, like I said, they were on the show. They hadn't been together for uh, since the event. Um, the, uh, you know, I'll call out. You know, the UPS uh, Taylor, the UPS girl, was cool. The, the the little girl who wants to be a pilot went on stage with the with them. That was really neat. Um, also, Dan, the Catch Twenty Two pilot. It's unfortunate we had weather that night, yeah. and nobody really got to spend much time. But we were going to show Catch Twenty Two. And we had one of the B-25 pilots from the filming of Catch-22. Um, and uh, he, unfortunately, he made it all the way out to Cal- from California and 
Uh, but he's he's hopefully going to join us next year. Dan yeah. Hill is his name. So. The weather had other ideas. Yeah, absolutely, that night. absolutely. Um, why, why didn't you move it to Thursday? You could have had a double. Well, we had another movie on Thursday. <laughs> we had another double movie on Thursday. That's yeah, true. Always that's another true. movie on Thursday. Just sit there for six hours and watch a <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> I'm joking. People in the campground would have loved that. Yeah, that's true. This will get done at two in the morning. Mix the two together. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we also had Elliot Seguin. I'll make sure I get that right and pronounce that right. But uh, he was really neat as well. I got to hang out with him at the Lifetime Dinner on Tuesday. I emceed that, and uh, and he was our speaker. So, yeah. Well, that's I don't know great. if I'm missing if I'm missing anybody. I'm horribly sorry, but. Well, you know, there was the time you got to go on stage with me. That was impressive. And yeah, we uh, was... we introduced uh, toward the unknown yeah. together. That but was you, fun. You know what? That was cool though, because I used to come and watch uh, vividly. I remember sitting there watching Battle of Britain one year. And, oh, at the Flying uh, Theater. Yeah, no, so it was really cool. cool to like be on the other side of the Flying Theater. Yeah. And that was really a lot of fun. I, oh. I enjoyed that evening. Although I know, I know this was just a coincidence. That was the only night all week that I got heckled. Yeah, I we know. had like twenty I seconds know. left yeah. on the clock. We're just about to, to roll the movie, and there's some guy out there just yells, "Start the movie!" Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, well, okay, fine. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, you know what we should have done? We should have left Sorry, the movie. That was, <laughs> yeah, we should have just taken the I'll movie and just you. gone out. Yeah, I'm going to go watch it at home. That was my son. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they grow up so fast. It's yeah. amazing. Um, so speaking of flying theater, it was, uh, that was a fun one this year. It was unfortunate that Catch-22 got scrubbed for weather, but uh, um, a great time, great venue. The North American premiere of Spitfire was hugely well-received. Um, that, was, that was a kick. And then being up there with... Uh, uh, with John, the uh, producer and screenwriter, and Weird Neil for yes. uh, the Air America intro it was an absolute kick. That was a real high point for me. That would have been was, fun to see. Yeah, sitting up there with uh, with the guy who wrote the movie and the guy who inspired <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson's character, and just talking. You know, why do they call you Weird Neil? Well, and <laughs> within seconds we had our answers. So. Yeah, yeah. I, we, when we had Bob Karen, this the helicopter pilot who flew that famous Saigon photo, you know, the last helicopter out. Uh, he said, he goes, you know why they called ne Weird Neil Weird Neil, right? You know, and I said, no. And he said, because he was weird, man. He goes, that that dude used to eat uh, ice or cereal with ice cream on top of it. You know, and he had all these weird lists of weird things that he would do. So, so. But uh, but it is cool. I mean, he is the inspiration for the movie. I mean, you know, uh, he would, you know, he would get new recruits up flying and then he'd start coloring and coloring books and things like that, you know, so... That's just amazing. And he's a docent here in our museum. He's a docent in our museum. So you yep. can come see him almost yeah. any time. He's on display at the point. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's a living, a living exhibit. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, so, I got to meet this guy. Yeah, you yeah. got to meet this guy. Yeah, he's also uh, inspired a character in American Made, the Tom he, Cruise he uh, movie. Yeah, he is. Sort of skirts around the edges of Air America, yeah. another uh, agency yeah, flying. Yeah, if you've seen the movie, you you, you probably already got a picture of who, which character yeah. he is. So. Hint, he's the one with the snake. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, huh. Oh, man. So the, the other big thing uh, for me this year was uh, just working on stories, finding stories both for the web, for social, for sport aviation, things like that. That's something I get to do every year. And I'm always just invariably amazed. You get out there, you run around, and you never know who you're going to run into, who you're going to talk to. And... Uh, before Air Venture this year, I got a call like two or three days before from an old friend of mine who said, hey, I know you're busy. Said, yeah, you know, three days before Air Venture, we're all pretty much insane around here. But um, there's a woman who's coming out and she's getting a volunteer award. 
And if there's any chance you could stop by the banquet and just shake her hand and just make her feel good that somebody else from EA was there to say something. And of course, our chapter staff was there. She was properly recognized and everything. And by about, uh, I think it was Friday or maybe even Saturday of AirVenture, um, I just, I realized that event had come and gone. And I, I missed my chance to do this friend a favor. And I was kind of bummed about that. But as we said, no, no plan before AirVenture really survives intact. And then it just so happened, I was driving along in my golf cart, and this woman flags me down and says, is there any chance you can give me and my friend here a ride to the museum? She's older, and she's having some trouble walking. Of course, absolutely. So we get in the cart, start driving along. We start chatting. Turns out we're, you know, she's out from Washington State, where I came from. And the next thing you know, she's mentioning this name of my old friend. And I said, wait a minute, you're her. You're the one I was supposed to try to meet this week, and I failed completely, and you just happened to hop on my golf cart. And uh, so we had this nice chat, and then she said, you know, AirVenture's amazing. It's my first time here. I've been volunteering for EA for 40 years, her first AirVenture. And she said, you know, next year I, I want to come back and actually see some things. And I slam on the brakes. Wait, you haven't seen anything? Well, no. It's, you know, it's hard to get around and everything. So, okay, let's let's do the tour. So we did the patented Hal Bryan, like, 80-minute golf cart and end tour of the grounds and, and uh, loaded her up with some swag and everything else. And that was... Uh, that was just amazing to go into it hoping I can kind of against hope that I might be able to get to a thing at a certain time when I was about, I think I was triple booked already that morning. But uh, anyway, it's great to see somebody like that who's been volunteering for so long and come out here and get recognized and really get lucky and be able to give them a little bit of a VIP trip. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, That was pretty cool. That a neat conversation. The Wisconsin National Guard is awesome and the support that they give the event throughout the the week um we have a lot of airmen that come out and in a variety of roles but the security folks there i was uh, out walking the ramp at night after the thursday night show with my son it was about 11 30 and they were just you know we were about the last people still out there he was gonna head on i was gonna go back to work and uh, guy comes over to kind of shoo us off and he says hey i know who you are and uh so we just got in this little conversation and one of the takeaways he was so happy to be there all week standing guard on those aircraft and getting to interact and show our membership what the guard does and it was just it was a neat conversation because here's someone that you think would be kind of tired of kind of shooing people off all day and he's got his m16 and looks like he's ready to you know and he just kind of summed up perfectly what air venture was all about in this beautiful way of being proud to be there and to be able to explain what the wisconsin national guard does it was a cool moment that's that's great because you would have forgiven him if he said you know man i'm just beat i'm dead yeah. on my feet i've been standing up here you know in the it wasn't a particularly hot year. It was a pretty mild year, uh, he but was, still. He was thankful day, for the opportunity and, to come out here yeah. and do that for us. We're the ones that are supposed yeah, to be no thankful. We're, we're bent over backwards. Uh, yeah. Grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, that's just terrific. I do want to call out the, something I saw that was funny. Uh, oh. So that tanker crew that was here, those dudes are mainly from Maine. So they made up a decal. Um, that says the Maniacs. I think it's from their their base. Yeah, that's the uh, the the refueling wing out of uh, Bangor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what these guys were like, retired out of. 
So they went and zapped the KC-135 oh. that was here. Nice. Uh, on the crew chief <laughs> oh, door, geez. there was a picture that, that turned up afterwards. And they're like, does anybody know who's responsible for this? And, and it's the, their squadron emblem from out there zapped on the crew chief forward uh, door there. So. so the 135 guys that were in theater in the woods zapped, zapped the, the Wisconsin. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Apparently the current crew, they left it on there. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> Zapping is a pretty uh, pretty strong tradition, isn't it? You know, it is. It is. Um, it's. It kind of started to go away around sequestration time for a while, but oh, sure. this year, yeah. zapping came back in a pretty strong way at your venture yeah. this year. Yeah. One Some I might call it vandalism, yet. but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's better intended than that. You take your your sticker and you put it on something and. The uh, the vipers out of Luke, I think, uh, did quite a bit of zapping out there. <laughs> did they? Yeah, they had a lot of fun. Good good folks. Interesting. All right, so Tom, anything uh, anything else coming to mind from you for highlights of your week? Well, um, I guess we all kind of have our own little um, routines that we do for ourselves during our venture. Right. You know, things that we we try to do during the event that that's kind of away from our work roles when we can find time to get away from it. Um, you know, for me, it's always I like to, I like to camp for at least a few nights. Um, like to see one of the afternoon air shows. Um, and uh, as much as I can, I like to give people rides, uh, you know, just kind of up and down the grounds. Sure. Uh, this yeah. year I have uh, my, uh, my, my brand new used uh, Honda Odyssey that uh, we've called the Space Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, that was just, you know, it's just, that was just great, um, particularly the first weekend. You know, we're all busy from work, but every time I went up and down the grounds, I just gave somebody a ride, you know, uh, and, and found out a little bit about where, who they were, where they were from. Um, that's, that's always really, really fun. Uh, but then I didn't actually have a chance. I was so busy early week. Um, I didn't actually have a chance to set up my tent until the Friday uh, of Air Venture. By which point, it was like Friday night. I'm just driving around the campground trying desperately to find a camping spot. You know, because I didn't rope off my staff camping this year. Where did, I, where did I you sleep? Well, I wound up camping in a part of Camp Schiller I didn't even know existed. I think it's one of the spots that we mowed a few years ago to open up more space. Was it still on the east side of Highway 41, or were you just <laughs> were you over at the Plainview Truck Stop? I'm pretty or? sure I was pretty close to Fond du Lac City limits by the time we. But um, you know, so I think it was uh, sat. I think it was Saturday night, or maybe it was Friday night. I. Um, I wanted to, uh, you know, relax and uh, and have um, you know a couple of beverages with uh, with some friends of mine. And by the time I made it back to the campground, it was so late. Um, I basically just walking around the the aimlessly around the campgrounds uh, with just with your tent slung over your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. So I eventually find this camps uh, this campfire um, a couple rows down from my tent. Uh, and it wound up being a bunch of... Uh, I'm going to uh, guess South Africans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm uh, quite at the level to be partying with the South Africans yeah. quite yet. They're uh, still out there. <laughs> yeah, they're still out there. <laughs> no, it was, it was a group of, um, of alumni from uh, Embry-Riddle Prescott. Uh, and uh, it, was all their, yeah, it was all their first air venture. Uh, some of them were already with the airlines and, uh, and and whatnot. Some of them were instructing, and they were just blown away away by the event. Uh, and it was just neat to just sit around the campfire with them for an hour, and just share stories about you know kind of where this event came from, the culture of VAA, and and try to welcome them uh, into the community, and uh, you know just find out a little bit about what they went through to get here. And uh, um, that was probably 
Yeah. How many pilots were from Indiana State that flew in this show? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. A little, little well, rivalry. I have no horse in this race at all. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, well, it was good of you, Tom, Kyle's to show them. Kyle's biting his lip right here. <laughs> oh, was, well, they were from Presque. If they were from Daytona Beach, it would have been better. But that's okay, Tom. Oh, Glad you enjoyed the He had to go there. He started the yeah, rivalry. I know. It's, uh, you've uh, lost control Woo-hoo, Anybody this. out there from Central Washington University in Ellensburg? Go Wildcats. <laughs> I see you, baby. Tom, it was good of you to uh, show those people that uh, that we don't squander their membership dollars by paying our people enough to have homes or anything like that. (laughs) That, uh, You work for a nonprofit, and uh, and you know you're just your homeless Tom on staff at EA by day and just looking for a place to camp at night. Where did you sleep? Well, I found a spot. Oh, well, I mean, I have an apartment here in Oshkosh. I just Uh, like to stay on grounds a few nights during the week. It's it's a cardboard box. It's in an alley. It says Frigidaire on the side, but we tell them it's an apartment. When are you going to camp in your boat, Tom? We've heard rumors that you want to tow your boat in on a trailer and then live in that during your adventure. I think somebody beat me to that last year. Um, Somebody uh, brought an airplane. That's actually a a great idea. Someone brought a Grumman Trader and painted up as a C-47 and then camped in it all week. Like in Scholar? Because I, I mean, I like somebody was. Was camping with their there. airplane at AirVenture was hardly news, but uh, no, 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 this is this okay. is an airplane. Like <laughs> it's wings <laughs> off. Yeah, it it. yeah, I'm surprised we don't see more of those in the campground. Yeah, yeah that's true. I just you know the campground has its own unique flavor to it. You know, there's there's the I saw a motorized couch go by at one point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got passed by a bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> while I was driving my golf cart, this guy just sitting upright on a bar stool, just zoom. That was right the night by. the couch was too fast, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Well, that was probably my oldest son too. Story for another podcast. He's, He's dead. He's yeah. dead. No, you have to have a you have to have a driver's license to operate a motor vehicle in Camp Scholar, <laughs> including so, barstools. Besides, I know I know your kids. I've been on their YouTube show. I'm, I'm kind of a big deal around here because I've been on their YouTube show once. <laughs> oh, anyway. So yeah, that that was that was probably my favorite memory from uh, from this year's convention. That and and also on the Friday afternoon air show, just uh, watching the the Mustangs uh, fire up and taxi out for the big Warbird show, and of course. Uh, sta- sitting there uh, right at the edge of uh, right at the end of runway one eight, and having an F twenty two idling in front of me for about twenty minutes. Uh, probably took about a year off of my good hearing. <laughs> so <laughs> the exhaust uh, melting the paint on your Honda Odyssey is that <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> well, yeah, 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 that's right. I was lined up right behind him. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're number two behind the F-22 yeah. in your Honda. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. So uh, around around the table, what's what's next for all of us is uh, a series of debriefs. All right, guys, anybody want to take a quick stab at, uh, I mean, Kyle, this will be your first, so you don't really know what that's like. Dennis, what's a typical debrief like for you? Well, we've had a variety of debriefs so far. Sure, with various, some already. Yep. Um, we've got more coming down the road. We also start our, we've already been working on 2019, 20, and 21 a little bit, Um, but we have a big, uh, past the debriefs, we have this awesome planning meeting that starts next week, and um, we kind of go to a special place here with significance, and we kind of pound out what those anniversaries and celebrations are going to be big themes i mean we've already got some lined up but we really get dialed in on 2019 so we're i'm excited about that we've got some pretty fun stuff in store it is pretty exciting and it's uh i think i'm in at least one of those meetings yeah uh, with you and that's yeah. always uh that's always a, a a real kick and it's the for me that's the turning point of 
it's usually the day I finally stop whining about being a little tired from this year's air venture. It's like, okay, when we're really seriously planning for next year, I'm awake. I'm back to it. I can't use the, uh, I can't use the, oh, that's just after air venture. Don't expect me to do anything excuse anymore. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So to to, Kyle. <laughs> it's fun. I think the coolest part for me though, is seeing that, you know, we ended the event this year on July 29th, kind of, straggled out on the 30th right seeing right. friends leave seeing things like that but already had a meeting on the calendar for august 30th you know one yeah. one yeah. month and one day after saying okay what are the it's big things this year what are we a doing month because i wish you guys would realize that notum ends at noon on the 30th it's not all over on sunday that's true <laughs> notum ends at noon on it's the dennis day. still pulled his hair out the <laughs> day after airventure everyone it's, yes yeah, airventure it, it fades in and fades out you know you it don't does. just it's it's not not there one day and there the next i mean months in advance you see it start to grow and then you know the airplanes most of the airplanes have left sunday afternoon but we get a lot of like the heavy stuff on the plaza doesn't depart till monday and things like that yeah monday was a quite the departure show this year that was it was a big departure day and uh that's a hard thing to see that's it's sad it's it's emotional for all of us we're all just so wrapped up in it and i i get at a point i don't know about you guys i get to that point where um all my body wants to do is take a nap but the rest of me is saying okay we just got it figured out you know let's do another week of it now that we know what we're doing i'm and with I'm, you on that you know, i don't know if the body could handle it but like, i know the body could not but it's how i would have wanted to go yeah it's just you know find me dead at air venture give me some more donuts and coffee and let's, let's do this <laughs> let's <Yeah>. do this <laughs> well, i think you know for me someday when you know for whatever reason, I'm no longer working here, you know, hopefully by retirement. But, uh, you know, <laughs> well, we'll keep talking. We'll see what you say. You know, you never know. thing works out. But but I look forward to someday being able to enjoy the arrival weekend because that's by far the happier time to be able to just sit and watch the planes come in. Yeah. And for me, that's always the weekend that we're just scrambling around, you know, finishing the last details that we need to do before the curtain goes up. Right. Um, um, and I never really have a chance to take that time in. That's really the, the happiest time in AirVenture, I feel. So. No, I would uh, I would agree completely. And that uh, that ending is uh, it's always tough. And we talk about the post AirVenture blues around here, and we're you know we're not really kidding. It's I thought it was fun watching this guy Kyle here. It was his. He's been AirVenture since he was a five wee, years old, a wee lad. Wow. And uh, but this was his first one working it. Yeah. So. He was like a kid in the candy store all week. It was pretty fun. That's excellent. Well, we all we all are in our own ways in our different venues. So, with that, then, guys, Kyle, Dennis, thanks for for joining us. Dennis, thanks for coming back. Another another tour on the dot. Looking forward to the debrief and the planning meetings and stuff that we're going to be involved in. So, thanks for having. It's uh, it's always our pleasure, and. Uh, Thanks to everybody out there who, uh, who's been listening. Thanks for the feedback. Keep that coming. The ratings on iTunes uh, do just great for us. That's the, the reason that, uh, that we're able to keep doing this. It's the reason that GE Aviation stepped up as a sponsor. They saw that people liked what we're doing. So with that, keep the feedback coming. Comment on our blog post, inspire.ea.org, or send email to feedback at ea.org. And with that, we'll catch you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot. 